welcome to Elite Rugby Banter. It's a podcast about rugby. I'm your host, Adam, coming to you from a very um, sodden Johannesburg. It's been raining a lot. Joining me today, it's another two-man pod. Uh, it's Alex from Cape Town, which looked very sunny yesterday. Look, the weather looked lovely. It was hot. Yeah, very nice. Um, there's a lot of people who come to Newlands for games that, I don't know if it's their first time coming or something, but they buy tickets in the railway stand. Yeah. And honestly, it's such a rookie error. Because you get the full-on sun. Yesterday was a 3, 3 p.m. kickoff, so it's even worse. Yeah, it's hot. You just get baked in that hot sun in, in summer. Um, Phil and I did that once, like, 12 years ago, where <laughs> we learned from our mistake. <laughs> so we always just buy tickets in the grandstand, um, which are not that much more expensive. In fact, some areas are the same price. But anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm well. Um, I don't think you asked me, but I'm, I'm doing okay. No, oh, no, I was, I was um, going to ask, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, so you say. But, um, yeah, actually, no, I'm, I'm a mixed, mixed bag of emotions today, um, as I was just telling you before we yes. started. Yes. Um, <laughs> fantasy rugby has um, turned its back on me. I always considered myself, um, you know, a child of the fantasy gods and was smiled upon by them, uh, especially in recent years. And I just can't catch a break over the last four weeks. It's been, it's been a horror show, fantasy-wise. Um, so that's depressing me, and the Stormers, obviously, spoiler alert, um, have lost their unbeaten streak against the Blues. That was also quite sad. Yeah, you were, you were at the game. I was there. I was there, and it was a good game. It was tough for me to enjoy it. Um, I did kind of enjoy it, but you know, it's difficult to separate yourself from you know, just being a rugby fan to being a Stormers fan, and then obviously your fantasy team um, you know, investment. And so I had all three of those vectors pulling at me. Uh, and the fantasy and the Stormers supporter vectors were particularly strong and negative. So being a rugby fan kind of took a backseat on the day. But I have to admit it was a good game and the, and the Blues were excellent. So. Yeah, um, I managed to watch watch quite a lot of it. The Blues were literally on them all the time. I know the Stormers, I think, played very poorly. Um, but mm-hmm. to, apart from just playing poorly themselves, the Blues made them play that way. Uh, as well, I know. I know it's yeah. always the case, but uh, I thought the Blues were were excellent. Uh, which we will be will be chatting about. Uh, we have lots of news to obviously go through. Uh, Matt, he's trying to get out of South Korea for what we last heard due to the corona coronavirus fears. Uh, but I think he'll be leaving in the next few days. Um, but yeah, he he said things are like th- things are pretty serious there. In a sense, uh, there's a U.S. Army base not too far. Only only American citizens are now allowed in the base. I know when I was visited by brother in South Korea when he taught there quite quite a few years ago, we did a, a U.S. A tour of the DMZ as we uh, yeah. had foreign passports. So no one's allowed in apart from American citizens, which is pretty serious. Um, but for what we know, Matt's good. He will be coming back shortly. So I'm sure hopefully uh, he won't have any worries. I mean, he might, his, his return is say, might be a bit more complicated. But uh, for what we know, he is well. Ben, I don't think he's well this morning. He got hammer drunk last night. <laughs> yeah. but I was messaging I think, him. I think Ben wishes he had coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, <moment>. he's probably <laughs> like dying. His insides yeah. are rotting uh, in the acid of what? What? What is Ben's favorite drink, by the way? I've never actually drunk. With... Oh, I've had beer with him. But when uh, it... yeah, when... he, yeah, he's he's a classic guy. Like he normally goes either beer or whiskey. Oh whiskey! Um, oh shit! Well, he doesn't. He doesn't like. He doesn't drop on whiskey. Like he doesn't get drunk on whiskey. Uh, if he's if he's chilling, you like he appreciates a good whiskey. Oh, okay. But if he's if yeah, if he's getting hammered, he just goes beer basically. Unless it was at his bachelor party, and then we had um, what's that stuff called from China? Um, like uh, baiju Ugh. or shaoju, shaoju. Yeah, it's the it's like basically like pure alcohol spirit. His, his best man was coming from China and brought, like, two bottles of that. <laughs> ben had to drink a whole lot of that. Oh, God. But, uh, uh, actually, I mean, we joke, but uh, Ben actually hangs pretty well. Oh, is it? Um, so to speak, yeah. After, the day after his bachelor party, he went to play a round of golf with his brother. But, so, But he he was a younger man then. So That's true, and he didn't, he didn't have a kid at that point. No. Life. I've just, I just forwarded you a photo uh, of one they sent me last night, um, which looks like a very heavy glass of whiskey. Actually, he, oh, okay. he messaged me saying, I've been pretending I know what's happening in Premier League for 73 minutes <laughs> and, and has this big glass of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I see that. Yeah, that is a hefty, a hefty tumbler. Yeah. And he just messaged me yesterday at like quarter dark. He's like, fuck Wakefield, what are you doing? I feel bad for taunting you now. <laughs> this is when Ben's trying. <laughs> that is classic Ben. And I, and I just <laughs> said, 
<laughs> he gets like weirdly conscientious when he's drunk. Just, at his bachelor party, he, he kept apologizing to me for not getting more drunk at my wedding. The father of James Bidlow, what a chap! I just told him, I, I just told him, I just told him, I strat died hard. And he's like strat. I just went, you have a drink, and I just went, I just went, you have a drink. He says yes. I just can't digest oh, tomorrow. He says he's got 36 holes tomorrow, so he's actually played two rounds of golf. Oh, there you go. So there you go. Like, like how, how well do I know Ben? Jeez. You, you know, Glass man. of whiskey and a grand round of golf. Two. Like, two rounds of I, golf. Yeah, I, know, I should have been his best man. Yeah, I know he's on, he's on, <laughs> he said it is a golf tour. So, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. All the messages yesterday in the group, not one from Ben. That's why I, was, no. I thought uh, something's definitely amiss, and we found out he's on golf, golf tour getting have a drunk. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be hearing, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> hear about it from Ben next week. Um, as well, but he crushed me, uh, ladies and gents. I know he was giving me shit for it, rightfully so. He uh, tore me a new one um, in fantasy, and I'm afraid uh, Alex lost the second Alex Derby to uh, Big Alex. So you're going to be even little, more little Alex. This Tiny week. Alex. Tiny yeah, Alex. Fuck. Yeah. But uh, look, let's get into let's get into the news. I guess obviously we mentioned Corona and Matt coming back. The Sunwolves—they've moved uh, their games away from Japan. Um, I saw a story where let's see, Iran six the game next week against the Brumbies. They're going to be playing the Curtain Razor um, at uh, Wind Stadium in uh, Wollongong. That's for the Waratahs versus Chiefs. And then round seven, they're going to be playing at uh, Suncorp, uh, hosting the Crusaders. There, I think they're going to be based in Brisbane for the next month. So, oh. excuse me. Uh, apparently, the Sandlot chose the venues and stuff just due to their location, which I guess is fair enough, and uh, broadcast times. Uh, so I'm not quite sure. They haven't set a kickoff time for the um, Crusaders game. So excuse me, I also had a bunch of drink last night. So um, I'm just uh, <laughs> gathering myself to myself and I feel too bad though. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see, there's a quote here. Yeah. Blah, blah, I, will, blah. I, I think it's anyway. great. Like, I mean, I, because the risk was that the games would be cancelled like we did with, um, with, Kane, uh, with Crusaders Highlanders last year. Yeah, I um, mean, bar the, the awfulness of that incident, um, I think also the, uh, beyond the shock, it was in the week or something of that nature. Um, yeah. And more appropriate, but sorry, I, I get what you're saying. I, I agree. So. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, it's it's good if if there's flexibility, right? I mean, you need to build in this kind of redundancy mm-hmm. to, the, to the league where if something like this does happen, and I think... Yeah, uh, maybe it's just my the nature of my um, actual work coming through, but my feeling is that things like this are going to start happening more and more often. And we can expect a lot of disruptions to everyday life. Things like uh, rugby are going to be affected, and it's important to build in redundancy with things like backup stadiums mm-hmm. and contingency plans. And I feel like it's it's almost irresponsible at this point to have any major sporting event without having a backup plan, even yeah. if it's a speculative one. You know, just something that that can be kind of budgeted for in the back of your minds, and you know, you just lay the groundwork for it. So even if it's as simple as you know, Western Province saying, if there's you know some kind of fucking terrorist attack in in Constantia or Rondebosch or something, Touchwood, uh, and Newlands is not accessible to people, we move the game to like Stellenbosch, for example, and teams teams that are flying in from outside can fly directly to Cape Town uh, Airport and then drive straight to Stellenbosch. And you just have a loose memorandum of understanding with the University of Stellenbosch to use their stadium. Or you have like a field somewhere that doesn't even necessarily have standards for viewers. Like every team, I feel like, and every event organizer and every league coordinator or Sansa, you know, all of these people should have a plan in their back pocket. doesn't even have to be a good one. They don't even have to go through with it. They still have the option of cancelling. But... You know, a contingency plan has to be the standard, I think, going forward. Um, so I'm just really glad that they, they found a plan for this. Yeah. I should add also, uh, Rich Freeman on Twitter uh, put out a pretty cheeky request, but I think it's a good one, which mm-hmm. is if the Brumbies are going to host the Sunwolves next week when they ought to have been traveling, why don't we move the later fixture in the year, which is Brumbies hosting the Sunwolves, back to Tokyo? So we just flip the, uh, the, the fixtures around. Um, no, well, I, I, is I, I mean, um, they're playing the Brumbies actually in Wollongong in New South Wales. I guess it's, it's not that far from ACT. Um, I get what you're saying. 
Well, just, whatever. Yeah, yeah but yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. so because the 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 Sunwolves home fans are now being cheated out of a home game. Yeah, it's true. Um, two two home game actually. So. I don't know. I just it would be cool if they did something like that, just as a bit of a gesture. Mm. It's the Sunwolves last season. It's tough, you know, to not be able to watch a team that they obviously passionately support, but a few who do. Um, so I don't know. I, d- I doubt it will happen, but it would be nice. Yeah, there the other games. Um, I see here they got the Reds in Tokyo on the fifth of April. Uh, the Jags in Singapore on the second of May. Uh, the Waratahs on the eighth of May, and the Stormers in Tokyo on the sixteenth of May. So. Um, by May, we should, I mean, we'll have a much better idea uh, about what, what the situation is with Corona. I know infections, from what I could reading, are dropping in China, but naturally they are spitballing elsewhere around the world. Uh, so by May, we should have a better idea. April might still be a problem, perhaps, but a yeah. lot will be found out. Just it's interesting reading reading the statement that, um, who is this? Oh, Andy Marinos, he just thanked all the, all the people that helped do all the logistical work and stuff. And including the affected teams, the Sunwolves, the Brumbies, the Brumbies are definitely not complaining. Uh, the Crusaders, the Tars, and the Reds. And you'll see, thank Rugby Australia, New Zealand Rugby, uh, Fox Sports, Qantas in New Zealand, and also the accommodation provider, IHD. I think that's probably, when it comes to logistics, it's the airlines and the accommodation. Those are the key things. Yeah. Um, sure. so, which is good if it's for everybody. Uh, speaking of Corona, I guess, sticking on that, uh, Sergio Paris. Unfortunately, it, it seems like he might, his opportunity to, Bar out of international rugby in front of his home crowd. He was meant to apparently play against England in Rome for Italy's last fixture of the <laughs> of the Six Nations. But naturally, as we know, the game between Italy and Ireland has been has it been postponed or cancelled. I thought it was postponed. Uh, I also thought it was postponed, but it might be cancelled. Yeah, at this rate, it'll probably be cancelled. Uh, and I know that people are joking around uh, tweets that saying Ireland versus Italy was scheduled for 2037. When uh, Sergio Paris will play his last game at Test Level. That's from uh, Sharon O. Ralakakaka. I can't read his surname. Um, it's a shame. He's, he, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, You're it's, as bad as that Australian commentator that, that didn't know how to say Lucan Yoram. Um, oh, jeez. Oh, no. Um, there's also the commentator. That set me off on it again. Oh, jeez, dude. There's also the, the commentator. He does a lot of the Sunwolves games, but he's really bad. So I don't know why New Zealand were using him for the Chiefs game. He's like, oh, yeah. what is you, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do. I yeah, do. He, he talks in uh, four to five words in and says, oh, subwoofs. He's so bad. It's uncanny. Well done. Well done, Adam. I like when Rich Freeman provides sideline comedy. I actually enjoy that. He's hitting you. Oh, God. He gets like this rare clarity. You suddenly realize that there's a rugby game. Yeah, exactly. So, Sergio Perez, he's very, very fortunate to be missing out. Uh, which is which is a shame, but um, yeah, at Corona guys, uh, we just got to watch uh, out. Sergio Parise should have should have probably packed it in at the end of the Rugby World Cup last year. Yeah, and I, I know. Well, I was actually going to say you absolutely like the fact that we had games cancelled at the Rugby World Cup um, over uh, well a weather incident. I know it was pretty serious and people died and stuff, but uh, like I very much agree with you. Like that was a disgrace that those games couldn't be moved. They should have been moved and should have been planned for. Like, I, don't, I really don't buy into what rugby's excuses. So it was pathetic. Uh, something yeah. else. Well, I guess uh, I guess we were ch- chatting a bit about the Six Nations. A, a, a story that came out, I know Squidge, he also tweeted about it. This is from the, which paper is it? The Rapey paper. I think it's, oh, it's, on the, it's from the Rapey paper. The Six Nations. Apparently, there's a good chance it's going to go behind a paywall with Sky, uh, the British broadcaster, uh, I think they're also one of the main ones for the Premier League in the UK. They're apparently betting £300 million for pay rights for the yeah. Six Nations. And this is also after the Six Nations sold a stake, a minority stake holding to the private equity partner CVC. So all this money is entering the game. Um, I think, because we're at present, the BBC and ITV, I think they cooperate to broadcast the tournament to the public. And they've been told that they can't join forces again, which, uh, if this is the case, this is very bad news. For rugby, I think if you look at Fox Sports uh, and and the problem Australian rugby has, Raylene Castle, she is bending over backwards, in, and also this is why one of the reasons apparently she took the new broadcast deal to market. She wants to ensure that they get rugby and public TV in um, in Australia. I, I'm not quite sure what yeah. Super Sports arrangements are with the SABC. The SABC, for those who don't know, is our local broadcaster. They broke due to epic corruption. Um, it's it's so important 
to get sport on public television so that the entire public can yeah. access it. Apart from visibility, um, it's just generally a public good. And I know yeah. in the UK there's certain things that are classified as they should be in public TV. I don't think rugby is one of them. Wimbledon is one of those small, small events that uh, I think must be in public TV, same as F1. Uh, overall, it's classic European mentality taking, or well, uh, actually I take that back, it's just classic rugby administrator mentality the world over, taking the money, uh, short-term gain for, for long-term. And they'll, they'll come out with some bullshit excuses like, oh, I'll be investing into development and blah, blah, blah. No, it's going to lie in the pockets of uh, probably the biggest clubs, one way or the other. That's how it always ends up. It's tr- rugby trickle-down economics doesn't work. Um, so yep. we'll, we'll find out a bit more about this. Uh, I assume there'll also be a public outcry, so I'll be interested to see what the PR backlash uh, says about this. It's not been good on Twitter so far, I can tell you that. No, yeah, no, and Twitter is the mob. Uh, I just overall I think it's strategically a terrible idea, um, and it's a cash grab by all the unions. And I'm sure yep. like Italy and Scotland saying, no, we need the money. It's just, it's a very, very bad idea. Unless they're building a contingency where they could show the games later or something like that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, um, yeah, I've got nothing to add. I think you okay. nailed it. Yeah, fair enough. So that, that really irritates me. Um, profits, which I guess is we're used to in this uh, neoliberal world. But Bernie Sanders, he only came second in South Carolina. <sighs> you know, so... Um, okay, I don't know why I said no, that. No comments. <laughs> no comments, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could go on a huge diatribe about that whole election anyway. Uh, meanwhile, in Spain, uh, they don't have corona, but they still have eligibility... El- 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 Eligibility? Yeah, thanks. Sorry. Um, Eligibility? If you're struggling to read it, maybe. Yeah, thank you. They're mired again in a ineligible player problem. To put it that way, I know in 20, it's C, in trying to qualify for the 2019 World Cup, they played Metsu Belli, Bastian Fuster, and then Fabian Grammatico. (laughs) Grammatico. They uh, cost Spain a chance to play at the World Cup. Just due to being ineligible. Names like that, those, those guys should be in Major League Rugby. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. Did you see? Did you see what Squidge said? He's yeah. like, because um, remember we were chatting on the on the chat group the other day, and Ant yeah. said they all looked like they rugby or eight region players. He's <laughs> like made up with made up names that they don't have licenses. Yeah, for. yeah, yeah. And Squidge was like, "Have you seen that skit of Kian Peel with like the drafts or like with the the NFL players?" Reading no. out their names, like the names just get more and more ridiculous. <laughs> it, yeah, go look it up on YouTube. Okay. It's very funny. But Squidge was like, yeah, all these names are like look like they come out of a Key and Peele sketch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's over. Apparently, a South African winger. I'm trying to find his name here. It is. Of course, it is. Uh, John Vessel Bell. He played in the opening matches of their 2020 tournament. We'll call it Six Nations B. But then the third one, he didn't play. And then apparently, the Spain Rugby Union. Initially said he had a tummy bug or something like that, but eventually the truth has come out. There are questions over his uh, eligibility, and he spent the reason being is he spent 68 days uh, back in South Africa, and apparently, according to World Rugby, you have to physically be in the country for 10 months. So that was just over. So it's just under 10 months. So that's the biggest issue right now. Um, okay. So that might cost. They, they've lost two one one. So I mean, I don't think they're going to qualify at this stage, but it's. Uh, pure incompetency to, to really not check it up. It really is. I mean, for fuck's sake, like, when was it two weeks ago we were complaining about um, the Saracens not knowing uh, who was it? Um, fuck, someone, like, someone's visa expired or something. I've got no. a blank, sorry. But, uh, you know, there was, like, some administrative fuck-up and, like, someone in the back office is supposed to know these things. And, like, seriously, how do you let a player fuck off home for 68 days without wondering to yourself like you know what is the limit like i mean i know it's spain i'm not going to shit too much on spain because yeah they're an easy easy target rugby wise but like that's piss poor like that's amateur level stuff and these guys are serious like they were trying to make the rugby world cup they should know about this kind of stuff yeah it's it's poor form uh, honestly so maybe more heads will roll if they haven't or maybe nothing will change which happens so regularly uh also talking about change england they're going to be hosting tonga I think in November at Twickenham, uh, Dan Leo, who he is the, I think he he's now the CEO of the Pacific Rugby Players Welfare Organization. He's retweeted a July 2019 letter complaining that uh, the home unions um, they they take 100% of the of the revenue from the games yeah. they host in November. He says that's bullshit. At least 10% uh, 
that should be going to tier two nations to help development. Uh, but nothing's changing. So again, money, money, money. Um, I know this is from last year. He's just, he's just bringing up the issue again. He also noted that the Pacific Rugby Welfare uh, Organization, they also tweeted that eight players uh, aged 15 to 16 from a Teddy High School in Tonga, uh, they're going to be flying to Japan next week, uh, which will be the start of March, for a rugby slash education opportunity is not available at home. And, he, and they just said, tough, that's not messed up. So uh, it's just the continued uh, lack of resources and availability. I know Samoa administratively have also had problems. So, um, yeah, but I think as we've learned from the collapse of the World League negotiations last year, uh, the European rugby nations could care less about the state of Southern Hemisphere rugby, in particular the clubs. Um, they very much go for could self interest. I, I know could, I couldn't couldn't kill us. Yeah, yeah, sorry, that's what I meant to say. I, I know that might sound harsh, but really it, it just seems that way. Um, oh, the Six Nations we can't uh, compromise the integrity of the tournament. Yada yada yada. Same as the clubs. Meanwhile, they're slowly killing Southern Hemisphere rugby. Uh, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but that just seems to be the view from here. Naturally, I'm very biased. Uh, well, uh, at least a bit of good news for the Southern Hemisphere. Dwayne Vermeulen, he's coming back to the Bulls, which I'm quite surprised by, after his season in Japan finishes. But he's only coming back at the end of Super Rugby. So, in a sense, uh, the main question I have, have will be, will, be, will he be available for Super Rugby? Yeah. So, that, that's the major one. He'll play for the box, maybe. Uh, and especially, I think, with the British and Irish Lions, we're going to see a couple more guys coming back to make sure they're super eligible for that one, but, which is good news for, for the Bulls. Uh, and then yeah. lastly, uh, James Lynch, if you haven't seen it, um, just watch out. He suffered a horrible injury against the Rebels in Dunedin. He broke his ankle um, where you could see uh, his foot was at a different angle compared to his knee. And he was writhing in pain. Yeah. Um, obviously, we hope he gets well. His season is over, uh, unfortunately. So uh, it looked very rough and he was the skipper. So, uh, yeah, good luck to, to James Lindsay. Hopefully he, he recovers. And, uh, geez, it's just a reminder, rugby is a contact sport. I know we joke a lot about what happens to players and stuff, but when when things like this happen, it's uh, not pleasant for anybody. Um, so, uh, get well, James Lindsay's. <sighs> okay, I, was, I just wanted to put that out there. I felt, I felt bad for him. Yeah, for, shame. Yeah. It, was, it was a horrible injury. Like, Jesus, yeah, yeah, it was really, really bad. Nah. And someone on Twitter was kind of, I mean, I don't know, I didn't really understand the, the point entirely, but mm. they were kind of like, saying you know this is in a way like the natural risk inherent in a player like james lynch's or i guess uh like a quacker smith mm-hmm. like a, a jackal jackal kind of open side where their whole job is to kind of rush in with you know, reckless abandon yes and get themselves in a position over the ball and in complete anticipation of being like pummeled by two massive props or something you know and their job is to withstand it. But, like, you can only do so much. And particularly because these guys are, are picked for their, you know, slim build relative to other loose forwards. So, you like, you're putting them at quite a disadvantage. And in a way, it's surprising that you don't see more of these kinds of injuries at the breakdown. With yeah. guys who go in, getting in, getting in a position over the ball, and then just get cleaned out. But then, you know, your, your foot gets trapped at the bottom of the rack and then your fucking legs gets broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, yeah, it was, it was a really horrible shame. I, and I like James Lynch's. I think he's been quite a good leadership figure in the absence of Luke Whitelock. Um, and everyone speaks very highly of him as a person and as a rugby player. So I really hope he recovers soon. Yeah. No, uh, couldn't have said it better uh, myself. So that, that's going to wrap it up for, for the news. Now, moving on to, I guess, our talking points for the week. Uh, our three, and naturally we will zigzag all over the place, but our three pillars are going to be how good are the Sharks, uh, how good are the Blues, and just, um, re- I know we Ben and I chatted poorly about one of these prospects for 2020, but we're looking a bit more granular now at the different Super Rapi sides. Um, positivity for Australian rugby. Yeah. I, know, I know the Reds lost, but... Do you um, want to do, a, like, a Wallabies barometer, like a little mock? Because yeah. I'll be doing the I'll be doing the buck barometer on the the Elite Rugby Banter Facebook group uh, this coming week. Mm. Uh, by the time people listen to this, it'll probably uh, yeah. Done. We can. I know we chatted a bit about last week, but I think it's been given extra relevance this week. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that as we'll we'll close out with that before doing Super Brew. But I guess we'll start off. Uh, how good are the Blues? Uh, very impressed. Uh, very impressed. How bad are the fucking Stormers? Uh, yeah. Well, we'll get we'll get onto them now. Um, if I'm a Blues fan, very intriguing what happens when Bowden Barrett comes back. I thought of Terry Black, he's not a very physical player, but he kicked well. 
there's kicking across the tournament has generally been very poor. Uh, Kerr and Bosch and a few others aside. Uh, what happens when Barrett comes back? Do you move Black to 15? Barrett to 15? Perifera had a good game. So very yeah. interesting. A, a good problem to have. But uh, the Blues, the handling was the most impressive aspect of it. They didn't knock on nearly as much as the Stormers. Yeah. And their discipline. That's one thing I noticed from the Stormers. They kept giving away dumb penalties. Any momentum they'd have, they'd lose. Uh, they missed tackles. Their defense wasn't great. And like... Herschel Yankee is naturally as a fantasy owner. I watched his performance. Uh, had, had one of his worst games in a while. I know his defense is quite high risk, but he didn't have much to work with. Uh, yeah, but you were at the game. So let's just start with the Blues. Yeah. What, especially watching from the field, what was the most impressive aspect about that? I know Hoshkin Satoru, he's just justifying his selection week in, week out. Yeah. He looked very good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Phil joked when um, Hoshkin Satoru had one really good run, and he was like, hey, look, it's Akira Ioni in disguise. Um, and it does, it does kind of feel like that. Like he's just seamlessly stepped in. Everyone was like, "Oh God, how can you drop Kiraioni?" He was like the best forward for the Blues. They're not even missing him. Like I don't even yeah. I don't even think of him when I look at the Blues lineup anymore. Um, and that's just testament to how good Satuta's been uh, with ball in hand. Um, and I would say he's more balanced than Akira, to be honest, because Akira he's got, he's like high risk, high reward, and he kind of goes missing in the the tight stuff. You don't really see Akira hitting rucks, and that's by design because he wants to be loose for the next round of carries. But um, yeah, I feel like Satutu is much busier, generally speaking. Like he's got higher production. Mm, we're great. Uh, yeah, exactly. So what stood out to me at the field? Um, uh, two main things. One, the storm was a fucking dog shit. <laughs> and to the Newlands big screen is probably the worst piece of technology I've ever seen in oh, my no, no. life. I, even when I was living in Cape Town, the Newlands screen has always been shit, and they haven't yeah. updated it. Um, but I, 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 I'm here as a not as a, a Stormer supporter. I'm here to give balanced commentary. Um, so I'm not going to bang on about the Stormers. The Blues uh, did exactly what I thought they needed to do, um, which is test the width of the Stormers' defense because teams get sucked into the uh, Jamie Roberts um, Jamie Roberts run null midfield sort of defense a little bit and they just kind of like bash themselves up against the rocks instead of testing you know the really weak outside backs uh, Lades, Peterson and Sinatra who are all very attack heavy and actually don't offer very much on defense and I was worried that the Blues were going to kind of fall into the trap, but they clearly didn't. They, every opportunity they got, they were spreading it wide. Um, that's how Joe Marchand got two tries, uh, much to my fantasy detriment. And we also saw a lot of Mark Talia on the other wing and Stephen Perifeta with some really good lateral running. So that, for me, was the biggest plus mm. from the Blues' side. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just, it's good because like previously the Blues have not been like a very strategic side. They just kind of flare. And it's good to see them, what I assume is applying their mind to their opponents. Um, and, you know, figuring out what to do. So yeah, that, that I think was the, the big takeaway. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> we also noticed Nachi uh, Rico, uh, since fan owned Rico. Rico played at 13. He was quite. Da- I think he he came very close to getting a try um, as well. But it's it's he carried. I think I think what was the number? Very high number of times. Over 15 times in the game. And it, you make the very good point. So he in a sense he'd get the ball. And I mean he's he's. I know he's lost a few Ks. But he's still over 100 Ks. Um, and he looks quite lethal. But he's a big guy. He always attacked that tall 13 channel. Sucked in probably Robertson Nell. Is Nell meant to be a good defender? By the way, I don't. I said I don't know Robertson. Uh... I mean, he's physical. I don't think he's known for... Like, he's not a Lucanio I'm kind of 13 oh, okay. Okay. who just, like, reads, reads defenses extremely well. But I think it's like, you know, he kind of daisies around at him and then he's big and strong enough to take you down. Oh, okay. And Roberts but is a that's good... Like, that's like... Yeah, and Roberts is a good Roberts defender. Good. So he... So it's interesting. Rico will attack them, get over the game line most of the time, suck in probably the... You're so bang on about that defense. Um, because Herschel's job in the defensive structure, he moves around a lot like after clerk but a, a couple of times he uh, i think there was a couple of high tackles but he got exposed a few times dalton papalili ran he couldn't stop dalton papalili from scoring that try so rico had hit it up into the centers and therefore sucking the stormers best defending backs and then they'd attack the wide channels uh, as you said 
Um, and Talea was very good. I know he knocked on a couple of times. Um, Black was good. Even, um, who's the reserve nine for well, Blues? He was well, Sam, Sam knocked yes. was starting this week. Yes, he, he was actually pretty good uh, as well. Slightly yeah. different to Jonathan Ruru. In, in a case, it's almost like the Nahumba... Uh, Schroeder comparison, except I don't think Ruru is as shit as Louis Schroeder um, as well. Uh, well, well. We'll chat a bit about the Sharks and how good they are shortly. Uh, yeah, the Stormers, their game, I mean, you could tell me about this. I understand their game to be based on defense and for domination. If they didn't yeah. have that, and they didn't have that, I think they had parity or, I mean, they were dominated on the scoreboard, territory, and position by the Blues. Without that dominance, it's very hard for them to work and to win. So, um, as a Stormers fan, what concerns you the most? Maybe, do you think it was just a, a bad day because nothing seemed to go right yesterday? Um, so, all right. Well, I, sorry, I, my I'm, thoughts are not very organized on Saturday. this. Um, it's, it's mostly just sort of a one big ball of rage. That, that's fair. Yeah, but great. my feeling is that the Stormers have not gotten out of first gear, really, this whole, maybe not first gear, like, let's say third gear, this whole season. I think we were tricked into believing that they were doing that they were playing better than they really were by the whitewashing of the Hurricanes. Yeah. I think we were kind of blinded by the fact that it was a New Zealand team first round of the tournament. We whitewashed them and scored pretty well ourselves. But if you look back on that game, there were there was like I think it was the Herschel Yanchi's intercept try I'm trying to remember, I think he scored an intercept try that game. Yes. Um, he then also had the cheeky crossfield kick for Sergio Peterson. Like, none of our tries were really well worked. Um, so we actually weren't playing very good rugby, but we beat the Hurricanes, so everyone was happy. The second week, we played the Bulls. We whitewashed them. Everyone was happy. But for fuck's sake, it's the Bulls. Like, the Bulls are terrible this year. No, no offense, Adam. And, <laughs> like, you know, it's just, you can't read anything into that. But, like, it wasn't a good game. And honestly, I felt like the Bulls, if they'd been a little bit smarter, probably could have maybe threatened us a bit more. We then beat, um, so we beat the Jags last week, or we beat the Lions, um, which almost didn't happen. Like, that was like a last-minute score to beat the Lions. And again, the Lions, you know, bottom two teams, <clears throat> bottom two teams in the Southern Conference. And then last week, we, we beat the B-team Jags at home, but we were losing at, at one point. Like, we, mm-hmm. like we, it was a very close game for most of the game, but we pulled away at the end because it was the B-team. And we've mistaken this unbeaten streak from the from the Stormers for good rugby, but it's not good rugby. Mm. And yesterday they were finally found out for what they are, which is a team with very limited imagination, very limited attacking shape, and a complete over-reliance on set-piece domination and winning collisions, like you just said. When you then come up against a team that can surprise you at the set-piece... And I don't know how much of it was the bull, the Blues being particularly good and how much of it was the Stormers just being bad because Wilco Lowe gave away a lot of penalties mm, yeah, in the first had, half. He had a very bad time at scrum time. He was just terrible. But not just the scrum time, by the way. Fuck. I was, he missed tackles. I was watching him. He just like, missed so many easy tackles. and He was just terrible. He had a bad, bad game. Um, Scurry and Benny then had a horror show at the line-out. Uh, Stormers have had a long history with hookers doing badly at the line-outs. Even Bongi, who is usually a very good line after has had bad patches for the Stormers. I don't know what it is. It feels like a coaching thing or a communication thing, or maybe it's just complacency, but the set piece was fucked up and then we had no platform to work from. And then we were kind of ambushed by the blues who were just much more aggressive. Like they're coming off a win at Lofters on the back end of a relatively easy tour for them, I guess. Um, and they had a lot more energy and aggression and the Stormers just couldn't contend with it. So then you start thinking, okay, cool, like, how do we... We've been winning ugly so far this season, mm. but usually from ahead, how do we win ugly from behind? And you can't. You can't win ugly when you're 19 points down with 20 minutes to go. Like, there was a lot of time left in that game for the Stormers to come back. And the the Blues, like, it took them a while to put the final nail in the coffin, but... What happened was the Stormers just didn't have a plan B. They kept doing what they'd been doing for the first 60 minutes, for the last 20 minutes. But the first 60 minutes, they'd already conceded 25 points. Mm. So, like, where's the logic? Like, what's the logic model that, you, that you're going by? And my problem is that what we've seen from the Stormers this year is very conservative rugby. They've been playing off the forwards. They've been, like, there's very little, like I said, very little attacking shape. 
and my what what makes me so angry because this is what I, this is what I'm used to as a Stormers fan, mm. by the way. This is how the Stormers traditionally play for ten years under Grazia and Fleck. This is what we expected from the Stormers: ugly, grindy, win the game, get the get the you know losing bonus point, whatever it takes, you know, work your way slowly up the conference and then see what happens with the playoffs and whatever, you know. But Thompson's supposed to be different. And I still, I still think he is. But more importantly, the personnel's changed. Mm. We don't have, you know, Dievat Duvenacher and uh, Jean-Luc Duplessis or Dimitri Katrakilis at 10 anymore, or Willem Duval. We've got fucking Herschel Anchis and Damien Willemse. So why are they playing like Dievat Duvenacher and Willem <laughs> Duval? I don't get it. Why Why do we pick Sia Bellos and Nutler, who historically is one of the fastest guys in world rugby, and he never gets the ball in space. Why do we pick Sergio Peterson, who was also an age-grade uh, sprinter for South Africa, by the way, and why do you consider a massive attacking threat when he played for the Cheetahs and the Kings, and then he never gets the ball in space? Why do we pick Dylan Lades, who's like on the, you know, he's like an 80% attacking, 20% defending fly, uh, fullback, as opposed to someone like, um, I don't know, maybe, let's say, Andres Kutsia. Mm. who's much more balanced. Like, he's quite solid defensively, decent on attack. I wouldn't say he's, like, you know... Super Rami's um, Super Rami's yeah. yeah, yeah, we've yeah, sure. But, but my, my point is that he's he's much more defensive as a fullback than Dylan Leeds is. Mm. But then why are we expecting Dylan Leeds to play this defense-heavy game? Why do we pick this team and then force a game plan on them that obviously doesn't suit their strengths? If you're gonna t- If you're going to ask your fly half to stand statically and shovel the ball off to the nearest forward or kick it, why the fuck do you pick Damien Vilimsa there? Just pick Johnny Duplessis. Like, it's obvious that that's who you want. So, it's like the schizophrenia between the people they pick and the game plan they choose, and then what happens on the field, and there's a complete lack of ability to adapt to it. Um, well, do you think, and I don't, do, do you think then, let's say, it would there, it'd be better to move Vilimsa back to 15 and then bring in Duplessis at 10? Do you well, think that only, only if they, only if they refuse to budge from this game plan, which is not a good game plan. So, that I think is, is, is preferable to what they're currently doing, yes. Mm-hmm. But the ideal situation would be you pick your best players on the pitch, which is more or less what they've got, and then you pick a game plan, you coach it into them, that suits them. Because that's what your job is as a coach, right? You're supposed to be able to bring the best out of your players. I do as, think, as I do think that the Stormers, he is in a way trying to turn around the Titanic in terms of attacking structure. The Stormers have, uh, especially... I'm not going to tune Robbie Fleck, but even when Robbie Fleck was coach, when it came to creating tries, they were very good at it. Um, I mean, the Stormers haven't been, have been a good try creation team since Alistair Kutsia coached them. Their game's always been based on defense. So culturally, yeah. they're not used to it. So I'm just... I'm, no, no. I, I, I fully agree with you. They have the players for something different. And I think I think they're slowly going to get there. Like, um, where you know, Peterson's try was actually really nice. Where there was players in motion. And then Ruan now did a pop pass and he, he cut through the gap. Now, that I thought was actually a really nice try. Uh, but that's a rarity with the Stormers. Um, they normally capitalize on areas. But uh, yeah, I, I, think, I, but, I think it's but, very interesting. Yeah, no, um, I, I agree with but, but that's what I'm saying is that yeah. times have changed. Like, we don't have to do that anymore because we have people like Herschel, Herschel Yanchis and David Vlimsa, where previously, like, for the fly off and, and scrum half stocks, if you look through the, like, the, the, the ancestors, right? It's like, Jana for Mark, Diovot Duvenacher, um, <laughs> trying to think, uh, you know, even Flyer, Peter Grant, yeah, yeah Flyer, uh, Peter Grant, Dimitri Kadikilis, Willem Duval, Robert Dupriere, Jean-Luc Duplessis, um, you know, like, uh, there's, there's a whole bunch of yeah, no yeah. names, like Kurt Coleman, uh, oh, geez, guys, yeah. you know, guys that I'm forgetting, and like, you know, I get it, like, when you, when you, when you clock in on day one of Super Rugby preseason, and you're Alistair Kutsi or Robbie Fleck, and you look at your death chart, you're like, fuck, we might as well not even have a backline with these exit 9 and 10. <laughs> Fuck it, we're going to play forwards. I get it. But surely this time, John Dobson walks in and he's like, okay, boys, we've got the up-and-coming Springbok uh, halfbacks in Damien Vilimsa and Herschel Yanchis, fresh off a Rugby World Cup win. Both of them you know, putting in good performances against top international opponents, Herschel Yanchis with a, a, try, uh, a match-winning try against the All Blacks less than a year ago. We're going to do something different. We're going to pick three attacking um, outside backs in Sergio Peterson, Ciabella Sinatra, and Dylan Lades, and we're going to give Hershey Yanchis and Damon Vilimsa the tools they need to pull the strings and give those guys space and make and create tries. But they're not doing it. 
They're still just fucking shoveling the ball to Jamie Roberts every every phase or giving it to a forward. So, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, my hope is that Dobson is just he didn't want to come in and rock the boat. He came in and was like, it's fine, guys. We're going to stick to the structures. Let's see how it goes, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And it was going well. So he was like, let's not change your winning formula. Now it's not going well. And hopefully he's got the courage to be like, okay, Monday morning, new plan, boys. We're playing Dobson ball. And Dobson ball means we're going quick. We're going wide. We're going creative. Um, and, you know, you're playing off 9 and 10. You're not playing off 12 and 13 anymore. Um and let's try that for a change because we've really lost one game of the season. The winning streak's broken. Next week we've got to buy it, so we've got two weeks to perfect this before we try it out against um, who is it? The Sharks, I think, yeah. uh, or the Jags, whoever. You know, like you've got a bit of time now to regroup. And if we if we don't see something different in two weeks' time for the Stormers, I'm gonna fucking lose my shit. I'm gonna stop you because I'm gonna stop you right there. Like, you know, yeah. no, sorry, I don't want. I don't like. I, I, I said. That, I said at the beginning there was a risk of this happening. I don't yeah. want this to turn to a storm. Yeah, like, yeah no, well, I'll stop you. I'll stop you right there. Oh, Jesus, we banged on about that one for for. for yeah. uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. Um, I, I actually, I even further. That was that was my mistake. So then we'll leave it there. Uh, but yeah, Blues looking a lot better. But we'll see what happens when they when they play Kiwi opposition. They're fine playing everybody else, but can they beat their colleagues? Uh, we'll find out. But that, uh, I know we're raging about the Stormers, but the Sharks. The Sharks have gone into it, and they've won three from four. They lost to the Hurricanes. They're a lot more competitive than the scoreline suggests. They tranced the... Actually, no. They they tranced the other opponents. They beat them in a, in a manner that we're not used to from the Sharks. Convincingly. Yeah. Convincingly yeah. beat the Highlanders. Convincingly beat the Rebels. And um, they... Yeah, the Rebels, uh, not the Rebels, excuse me, uh, the Reds were in it for a while, but towards the end, the Sharks' quality came out. Banging tries, yeah. right? And really using that, that pace of the outside backs. Uh, how good are the Sharks? Are they, uh, would you argue they're probably South Africa's best team now? They've probably proven it, and they've had a very good tour. We've spoken, I know we've surmised about how the Dupree exodus has made them better. Fully proved, Dylan Richardson, he's, is, is he actually a hooker? Or, or what? Because he was playing uh, six. He played. He played six for the Junior Springboks last year, um, but he's been and played a hooker for the Sharks in Curry Cup uh, and on the bench for Super Rugby so last he's, year. So he, he's an evolved he's version of um, Dion Ferry. Dion Dion Ferry, yeah, exactly. The ghost of Dion Ferry uh, is making yeah, a return. Also, who was it? Derek uh, Derek Derek Coon for the for the Bulls. Yeah, so that's putting a name out the ether. Uh, I but, think he also. Yeah. yeah. Overall, but very impressive. Uh, not sure. Another good game. Am is very good. Um, I do think time has run out though on Lawazi and Volvo. I, I know. I know that. Uh, I think my Pimpy has been rested or something like that. But yeah, I think this performance showed that they're back to my Pimpy. Um, help me out here. You own him. Uh, Fussy, Fussy, thank you. Fussy, yeah. even Tumbwe. Uh, and Tumbwe, not necessarily first choice, but a very handy replacement for Sabu and Corsi. Uh, there's some yeah. serious depth there. Andrew Esther Hazen's played very well. Um, I do, I look, the, the, the Sharks' only issue is depth. If you lost um, yeah. if you lost Esther Hazen, if you lost... Their, front, their starting team is Heat. Like, I, I know yeah. their locks are workmanlike, to put it that way. But Van Heerden yeah. does a good job in, in, uh, in the tight. Uh, and Andrews is... Well, Andrews is okay. Hired Andrews. So depth is the only issue. But... You can admit you love him. It's okay. No, I don't. But depth is the only issue, but otherwise, very impressive. Um, yeah. I, I... What were your thoughts of. Were you able to watch a lot of that Reds game? Um, I watched some of it, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I've, I've got a lot of respect for the Reds. Oh, sorry, for the, for the Sharks. Well, and for the Reds, actually. I, 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 me too, uh, actually. For the yeah. Reds, so. No, no, no. Uh, fair enough. Um, I like what they're doing, I like what Brad Thorne's put together. But um, yeah, I just I think that the red the, the the sharks are doing pretty much exactly what I just said the stormers need to do. They play into their strengths. They've um, actually wait, hang on, let me let me walk back on that because I think that they they're doing what the stormers are trying to do, but they're doing it better. And what I mean by that is they've taken Kerwin Bosch from fullback where he was very very effective last year. They put him in at ten, which is what he wanted all along. But they haven't said to him, Kerwin, you know, keep doing what, what you were doing last year. They've said to him, Kerwin, you're playing fly-off now. You've got different responsibilities. You're not going to be able to have these 
you know, deep penetrating runs from the back anymore. You're not going to get run meters. You're not going to find gaps in space. We need you to be the playmaker, pull the trigger on, you know, short runs left and right, whatever, and work on your passing and kicking game a lot more than your running game. And he's done it. And he's been really good at it because he's a good rugby player. Unlike Damien Willemser, who hasn't been able to adapt to the, the new role that he's been given. And I think that's a big part of their success is that Kerwin Bosch has shown himself to be actually quite adaptable. Mm-hmm. And they've they've been able to do that because they've got a pretty much ready-made replacement for Bosch's attacking ability at fullback in Apoleta Fassi. So I think that they are, you know, new coach in a short Everett. I think that they're using their assets extremely well. Um, and I think that they don't push, like, their average players like Hiron Andrews and Ruben van Heerden to be any more than they are. I think they do, like you said, just say... You guys have got a job, hit the rugs, make the tackles, win the lineups. Don't don't try and get fancy, you know, don't do what the Dupreo twins were trying to do last year and like turn every carry into like a possible try scoring opportunity. We're not about that. We've got exciting uh, backs, uh, especially out wide, so we're just going to go through phases. And then when the try scoring opportunity comes up, shovel the ball to Fussy slash um, uh, Tumwe slash Mapimpi, and then that's how we win. And it's working for them. So. Big fan of the Sharks. I think they are definitely the best South African team in the conference right now. Um, and I think if you look at my Super Rugby prediction that we did before the season began, my prediction was that the Sharks would start the season very strongly, and then after a couple of key injuries, uh, they will end the season and and the South play playoffs. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. I mean, they haven't had they haven't had those injuries yet, but we only only like a. Um, you know, two quarters of the way through the regular season. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. Or whatever. So, but if, if for example, Kerwin Bosch gets injured, yeah, uh, I'm very worried about them. Um, um, speaking of Bosch, one thing I know I mentioned a bit earlier is kicking. The Aussies are blown away, as they always are when a South African big kicker comes along. But uh, I feel if he can stay fit, along with one or two, just like the obvious one or two key players, um, the Sharks have a real chance, as long as they don't drop the ball when they go back to Durban. The, I, I, yeah. I know Greg Mark made the comments like, oh, Sharks, they'll, they'll be home here in Brisbane. Because Brisbane is, yeah. is, rather, is rather humid. So maybe maybe they won't drop the ball <laughs> when they get back to Durban. But very yeah. impressive. Yeah. Uh, the Reds, they, James O'Connor, a bit of a concern. He went off at the start of the second half. Great for fantasy for me. It made no little difference. At least Isaac Lucas got some action and he showed uh, yeah. some, some of his good things. But very concerning. Um, I think, I don't know, was it, was it you who made the reference in the group? That if a few key players go off, if Connor goes off, Shape loses form. The fact that yeah. Taniela Tupa played another 80 minutes, that's not sustainable. Um, I don't think yeah. so. Uh, and the Sharks had the better at scrum time. And, yeah, the, the, I think the Reds have shown their starting team, in, in a way, they're the mini Sharks. I think, I know they're in the third year of Brad Fulman's reign. Uh, they've been a bit unlucky, but unfortunately, they're not getting the results. And I think next week, they face the Crusaders. Um, which I'm a little bit worried about. They're not a bad side. I, 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 I actually think they're better than the Waratahs, but if you look in the log, their results aren't as good. So a bit of a concern, and also they're kicking. Jock Campbell, yeah, oh, sure, good running, but goodness, his goal kicking is terrible. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, I would drop Campbell personally. Uh, I don't really see... I don't think he adds that much compared to... Okay, I mean, I'm just going to say it. I, I think Bryce Hagedy should be starting for the Reds. <laughs> I think Bryce Andrews, is Andrews not Campbell. listening. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Andrew. Yeah, the but, um, that's the curse was broken. Uh, well, the curse is not broken because I lost by 100 fucking points. But anyway. Um, I lost by yeah, 150. So. I, don't think, I just don't think that Jock Campbell ends that much. Um, and I would have just had James O'Connor taking the goal kicks uh, when he was on. Or oh. Isaac Lucas. But, uh, yeah. but anyway, we'll see. Filippo uh, 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 Dagun is back. Um, yes. Big uh, hot fantasy tip because I wasn't sure if he'd come back into the lineup because he was red carded in their final preseason, but he mm. scored five tries. Five tries. <laughs> I think so, we've learned that preseason means, means very little uh, at, this, yeah. at, at this point. But uh, I, I guess to sum it up, Hunter Passarami, who's uh, been one of the leading lights the last couple of weeks, uh, uh, battering on uh, poor Sunwolves and doing well in fairness against the Aguaros. He struggled to, he ran 10 runs or was 11 runs, 14 meters. I mean, 14 meters gained. So he struggled to go through that midfield. Um, that that midfield was always going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But like the Esterhazen, or, uh, sorry, Esterhazen um, midfield was always going to be a tough one. No, it's like a brick wall. So um, that, that, that sums it up in a microcosm. So, so soul searching for the Reds, I still don't think they're a bad side. Um, it's just a pity that's, they lost a close game against two, 
the Lions aren't they're okay um, the Waratahs beat the Lions the Lions are not the best team um, at all yeah. these days I'm not going to go on too much about their loss to the Waratahs good for Australian rugby I guess that could act as a, as a good segue um, from one of our last talking points um, I know the Highlanders lost very concerning but the Rebels deserved their win also the real money ball who nobody has chosen yet Andrew Kettleway running thousands <laughs> of meters uh, why two... is he a money ball? oh because no one has him yet um, so yeah. that's that's not what a money ball is though but, yeah, but you said Richardson but nobody had Richardson no, that's that's not, okay. So Richardson's a money ball because he's playing in a different position. Yeah. Right. That, that's why Jordan Ulysses was the original money ball because he was a hooker that was being sold as a prop. Yeah. Right. So you could essentially get two hookers on the field with you know without breaking the system. So Richardson allows you to get four loose forwards on the field. Okay. 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 I get it. Okay. I get it. Okay. I get it. Andrew Killaway is outside. <laughs> he's good, but he's not money ball. Okay. 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 There you go. Um. <laughs> But the Rebels, good value for their victory. I think Matt Tumoa had probably one of his best games of the season as yeah, well. Of course he did, just, just after be tra- being traded out of my fantasy team. <laughs> yeah, he was very good. I, watched, I managed to watch a bit of work. Uh, I, was, I was a bit naughty reading some papers um, while doing so. He was very good. Billy Meeks, Billy Meeks, I feel like, in a way, is the Andres Kutsia center of Australian rugby. I don't think he's international quality, but at super rugby quality for a man of his size, he gets over the game line, pushes hard. Yeah. He he's a, a 200 percenter, you know. Um, he's done very well as well. Nasrani didn't have his best game. He knocked on a lot, but a good win for the Rebels. The Waratahs won. Uh, the Brumbies beat the Chiefs. I think this is the first time that I think the Australian sides have gone back to back in New Zealand since 2014. Brumbies were excellent against the Chiefs. Is it Australia rising? As it, even the Reds, I know they lost, but they got some good talent coming out of that. Um, and I guess, yeah. as you said, let's, let's maybe do a Wallabies barometer. Okay. In, a more in-depth analysis compared to Ben and I's yarn from last week. So we'll just start okay. at one. Uh, one, two, three, right tides. Okay, at Loosehead. Um, who would you say is the leading Aussie Loosehead? Mm, well, traditionally, it's obviously been, it's been Scott Sio. Um, I'd probably say James Slipper. He's been very good. Well, I, I, I think James Slipper's better than Sio, but yeah. he doesn't But Slipper benches for him. Every now and then. At, well, at, no, normally at the Brummies. So at the moment, Sio's on the bench, but only because he can, he's coming off an injury. Um, I've always felt like Slipper should be starting um, both at, for the Wallabies and the Brummies, but I, I don't know. Um, look, if we're doing just form... Angus Bell. Angus Bell. Yeah, oh. he's been because he's been really good. Like I know this last weekend he blew everyone away with his fantasy points and everything, but even even before that, like he was just so consistent. And now that Tom Robertson's kind of gone off the boil and Harry Johnson Holmes moved to tight head, mm. like I think there's no reason if you if you coach Waratahs you just stick him in for the rest of the season and just say fuck it. He's he's only like 19, isn't he? Yeah. He's a child. Angus, Angus Bell rugby. And he's huge as well. He's yeah. like a fucking mammoth. Yeah, he's, he's only 19. That's insane. Uh, I think the major thing will when he comes up against um, a better scrum uh, in the yeah. Lions. Uh, that'll, that'll, be yeah. the, that'll be the proof of the pudding. Um, yeah, I think especially especially with um, with Johnson Holmes at tight head because we know Matt, would, Matt has told us many times how long it takes for a mm. lucid to convert. And we've seen it also with like Thomas Dutoy. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's already so, pe- he's only peaking now. Two, um, probably Falafaninga at this stage. Muffy was doing well, but he had a bit of a mare at line-out time uh, against the Sharks. So, yeah. but probably those yeah. two, uh, I guess. Uh, and Brandon Pagan uh, and Mosa getting I would still, I would still push, like, if, like, if we're just honest to the process, we're saying it's purely a form selection, yeah. I would say Alex Muffy's the form hooker. Yeah, that's straight. true. No, that's true. By, by, by a hair. At yeah. tight head, uh, Johnson Holmes. Has actually been very good. Uh, there's uh, sorry, this is there's only one option at tight end for the, a, a the Wallabies. Tony Atupa. No, it's, it's no, no, Adam. It's Adam Alato. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Well, they've, they've got depth. Uh, Alatoa, uh, Talia Atupa. He's been very solid for the Reds and uh, Johnson Holmes, whose conversion hasn't gone that badly. Yeah, so he's got a good work rate. So they're looking good. At lock, probably the Brumbies locks. Um, um, so I I've been doing this horn for a while now, but I think Matt Phillip is the best lock in, oh, in yes, Australia. Of course, yeah, Phillip had a good now game that, also against the Now that Rory Arnold's left, I, I I don't think there's that much competition. So I think Matt Phillip's the best lock in Australia. Uh, to pair with him, 
I don't know. It has to be one of the Brumbies guys. Um, well, not Dicey. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop saying I don't know, but I still don't know. Um, wait, I'm trying to bring up bring up uh, the correct name like here. Like maybe maybe Rob Simmons or Isaac Rodder. Mm, no, I'd rather. Honestly, like it's such a it's such a bad position for Australia right now. Um, no I'd, one. I'd say between Murray, Murray Douglas and Caden Neville, they've actually been very good. This form locks. I just. I, I've got a bad taste in my mouth just hearing you say that. I'm sorry, they've been good. And, I, and good. I didn't even important. say it. I just heard someone else say it. Anyway, let's, let's move on before I throw up. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, at, at six? Uh, so, uh, blindside. So, the Australian blindside. Uh, mm, let's try to think. I know you've got Valentini. Pete he's been a Samu. He's an eight. I guess if you want he's to be been cheeky, playing it, you could like, you could you could be as a six if you want to if you if you want to tutor around with it for for, for a bit yeah. as long as you have a better eight. Uh, well, okay, so at eight I'm going Harry Wilson. I think he's been better than Pete Samu. <sighs> Harry Wilson's been immense for the for the Reds. Like, he's yeah, been I have a feeling he picked up a concussion against the Sharks. I don't know who he ran yeah, into. He, ran into a brick wall. No. Um, look, I'm, I can I'm say Simon at six. I'll, I'll take Simon at six. I'll, I'll take Simon at six, Wilson eight. And then Hooper, Michael Hooper's in contention at seven as always. Yeah. He had a very good game. Against yeah. Nasirani's the... not been good. No. Uh, and I would say... He was good last week. Options, like, Liam Wright has been workman-like as a blind person. <sighs> yeah, no. He doesn't really offer enough going forward. I know he's more of a, a tackler and that sort of stuff. But even then, he, only made, he made ten tackles. Uh, yesterday, yeah. um, I don't know. Yeah. Enough energy for me. Uh, at nine, to Tate the Great, I think there has to be. Tate the Great, yeah. Joe Powell benching behind him. At, at ten, um, I would say, uh, I would, I I said mean, O'Connor, but he might be I'd injured. S- I'd say O'Connor. No, I mean, we're not talking about injuries, just talk about the uh, right. okay, so, okay. Well, Over the last five rounds, O'Connor for me is uh, good. And then I'd say Loa Liso. In country, Alicia, yeah, he's, been good. He's, he's been good. Yeah. Harrison's had one good game, but I don't think it's time no. to. Um, inside center at 12. Hamish, uh, I'm trying to think. There's Hamish. Um, uh, so, uh, probably not. I don't want to say. Uh, I don't want to say Iris Simone. He's been solid. In fairness, he didn't play. What did he play against? No, he didn't so play against the Chiefs. It's, it's a bit like the locks. It's like a process of elimination, right? It, like it's not Carmichael Hunt. No, it, it's it, not. I don't want to say Hamish Stewart. It's He's not been, Stewart. He has been better. It's hey, maybe it's maybe it's Billy Meeks. Fuck. Oh yeah, fuck. Yeah, I, I'll settle on Billy Meeks as form, yeah. and then and then you could probably have somebody benching behind him. At thirteen, Grindrani, no, not really. Pasami, overall, though I, I do feel that there should be an asterisk against that Sunwolves win because they they are really bad. Um, yeah. He's in competition. I'm just trying to think. Kundrani's been okay. 13. Tom English, uh, not really. Um, they kind of lost. They kind of lost the big hope in in Jordan Pattaya. Yeah, Pasami's not without bad, him. But uh, Pasami, I mean, he was he's very good against the Hurricanes, uh, the Jaguars. His big uh, issue, he's not. He's um, against bigger teams. He doesn't have that size, um, and especially if his pack are going backwards. That's, I think this is his only issue. Because Pattaya is just a bit, bit of a bigger guy, more rangy, so. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess I guess we could we'll have to reach around. Probably him, I guess if you want to put it. Left wing. Um, fuck left wing. Corabetti. Yeah, yeah, I'd say Corabetti probably. He's been pre- been pretty good. Anyone's really stood uh, out? Like... The Warthogs keep changing it. Left wing at yeah. the. It was like Harry Wilson. I said I, I don't what? think so. That doesn't really. Harry Wilson's the eighth man. Uh, who am I thinking about? I have no idea. Uh, no, it's, it's uh, <laughs> Wilson, Jack, uh, sorry, Jock Campbell. My bad, sorry. I got <laughs> okay, Jock sorry. Campbell. Bit of a stretch. Didn't we, just, didn't we just talk about him at fullback? Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, no, no, we did. <laughs> You're sorry. all over the place. Yeah, yeah. I am, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, okay, so let, let's maybe just like think about the back three as a whole. So, I think Dane Heller Petty's been probably the most valuable player for the Rebels yeah, back line. Uh, oh, definitely. Under the high ball, he's probably the best player in Australia. Yeah, under the high ball. He's uh, excellent under the high ball. Tom Banks has had a good st- good start to the season. Banks too. has been really good. Yeah. So It, it kind of depends. I think Haley Petty is more of your safer choice. I, if I had yeah. to pick one of his team, I'd pick him. It's so important to have someone under the high ball and, and, and who can yeah. tackle. Or if I'm looking at you. Uh, he was awful against the Yogi Arias. But Tom Banks has been very yeah. good. Uh, right wing, Solomon Akata. He's been solid, actually. 
Yeah, I, I, I think we've got a pretty good Killaway. Yeah, you're right. Like, Killaway has been very good. But left wing is, is a little bit of a mess. Uh, no, I, I think I'd just go... Corbetti. I think, oh, God. Corbetti. I don't think he's been as good as he, as he usually is, which, as you know, is, my, in my opinion, not that good. But, yeah. If I was picking for the Wallabies, I'd pick Haley Petty on the right wing and Banks at fullback and then mm. Corbetti left wing. Yeah, that, but that probably works. Uh, Spate's, Spate's been pretty good for the Reds. Actually, actually. you're right. He has been quite consistent. Um, yeah. New use of life uh, as well. So, uh, yeah. But a lot to be positive for Australian rugby. Even Mark Nawa. Yes, I'm not going to do his full name. I do want to find out if anybody knows what happened to him. Coming off okay. the 38 minutes. Bad. Bad for me. Someone, someone text Adam. With <laughs> Please. I need, I need to know. Trade I, I, I got traded like coming up at 8. All right. Let's quickly <laughs> wrap up with Super Brew. Uh, we got two right last week. Oh, no, we didn't. Okay, we got the Highlanders wrong. We got the uh, Waratahs wrong. Jeez, we actually came pretty close to getting the Sunwolves right. We said the Cairns won by 51, they won by 47. We got the Sharks right. Uh, we got the Stormers wrong. And at least we got the Jags right, um, which is not too bad, actually. I don't know how my personal one went. Currently, uh, the pod, we're sitting on 68% above the 61% average. Uh, and our margin closest is 11.9. So we're in the top 15% of South Africa, 60% of the world. First game, Crusaders, they are back. Cullen Grace, I need you to perform, please. Uh, that, gets, that gets the Reds at the Orange Theory Stadium in Christchurch. Crusaders are going to win by how much? Uh, 20. Okay. I'm going to just go 18, just to be cheeky. Okay. Waratahs Chiefs, uh, this is at Wollongong. Uh, I'm backing the Chiefs. Yep, Chiefs by 12. Yep, I believe that. Hurricanes Blues, who do you have? This is a... <laughs> yeah. Canes. Canes. Um, Gordon Bashup isn't playing. I don't. No, that's ra- okay. I, I don't rate Fletcher Smith. Bash Bashup is. I don't really. I don't really rate Gordon Bashup either. Uh, no, but come on. Between the two, I might say Gordon Bashup's a bit better. So you're saying? I think he is a bit better. But I also, I don't think like I think for me, all four of them are kind of equal. So Gordon Bashup, Fletcher Smith, Terry Black, Harry. No, Black. no, 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 no. I think there's not much. You do. There's not much between this. You do Black to service. Um, I think he's better than than all three of them. Um, so you're saying the Canes? I think I think home ground, yeah, Cairns by three. It's, uh, look, I, I'm not going to die on the hill. Like it's it's, no, it's, clo- um, it's close one, but Blues no, are traveling back. I, I liked I your know. confidence. I'll, I'll say Cairns by three, um, Harry. But, but there's a very good chance you might get this wrong. All the Blues might just be very bluesy and lose, as they do. Um, it should be interesting, in particular. Um, and also, I wish La Mappy would just stop being working on his passing game and throwing forward passes. That's yeah. Very upsetting uh, against the side. Oh, you can see you can see why the All Blacks don't pick him. <sighs> they should pick him. He is getting better. Uh, but Vince Asu, by the way, fuck. What what a game. Yeah. Try he yeah. just tries just falling out of his pocket. He's the first centurion yeah. of the ERB Super Draft. So Vince Asu, yeah. well freaking done. I, I actually guess you saw. I, oh, I didn't. Ben would have seen. I sent in an email. A fine. I find myself sending in the most fines. But I said the best <laughs> the best pickup pickup route of the season. Full picking up Angus Bell, who got over 70, and Vince Asa in the same week, um, yeah. which is pretty immense. Yeah. Rebels versus Lions. I'd back the Rebels. Uh, I don't really want to, yeah. but... Uh, I, think, I think Rebels will win. But Rebels I, 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 seven. Six. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go for seven. Uh, Sharks-Jags. Uh, I'd back the Sharks. It should be actually, I think it should be quite a good game. Um, Diaz Bonilla, well, Diaz, sorry, Diaz Bonilla, he should have been red-carded. For that uh, hand around the throat of Roscoe Speckman, I don't know how he wasn't. Um, it was ridiculous. I didn't. I didn't watch the game. I just saw the highlights. I don't know what the conversation was between the referees and whatever. BS mitigating circumstances they came up with. That was absolutely absurd. Um, at least the Bulls show they can play right, but they can't defend for sure. Yeah. <laughs> at the moment, God, they. Pokemon, he needs to find a solution there fast. Uh, Sharks, Jags. Uh, I think the Sharks. They should win. Yeah, I think so. Um, based on what you've been saying and what other people said on Twitter, I don't think the Jags were actually very good last night yeah. against the Bulls. Yeah. And the Bulls are much weaker than the Sharks, even with the travel back. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it'll be so, a, a niggly yeah. game, though, as well. So, yeah, but I, I don't think that suits the Jags. Like, I think they, they, like to, they like to think that they can win that way, mm. but they actually just end up kind of losing control. True. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it'll suit them at all. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to go with Sharks. Sharks by eight? Uh, maybe a little less. I don't think they'll win big. 
Yeah. Okay. And then lastly, no, oh, lastly, uh, Bulls, Bulls Highlanders uh, at Loftus. Uh, I think Highland. Yeah. Oh, the Highlanders are bad though. Oh, God, why do they keep picking Mitch Hunt? I don't know, it, but I don't think they working. Won't. I think surely by now they'll try out Josh Ione. Oh, no, but this is going to be the perfect excuse. Imagine to say, no, it's Loftus, we need to kick more, and blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't know. I don't know why. They, they literally will look... Ione was looking so good at 10 last year, really coming along nicely, and they bring in Mitch Hunt. You know? Yeah. And it's just... Who was complaining? Uh, Ant. He just said that, yeah, Ione's playing with a handbrake called Mitch Hunt. On his yeah, inside, pretty, so pretty much, yeah. oh, anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll back the Highlanders though um, to be a lot better. Um, so, well, better than the Bulls. The Bulls, yes, they're it's going to be it's, it's going to be close though. Like if if the Highlanders win, it won't be my final fight. Okay, well, I'd well, say like one, okay, one point. Or so. No, that's done. And then lastly, uh, Sunwolves, uh, Brumbies. This is as we said, taking place in Wollongong in New South Wales, not at the Hanazono Rugby Stadium uh, in, in Japan. So it's, a, it's arguably a more of a home game for the Brumbies than the Sunwolves, and I do think the Brumbies will win. By the question Brumbies is, by 30. Yeah, no, I'll say 30. Um, and how's the mark? That one of the only Sunwolves tries is by Mark Stolberg. Also, <laughs> another great pickup by Ben. Ben is the I mean, pickup king. Everyone he touches turns to gold. That that seems to be what's going on. I want I want I want to see Ben pick up Bryce Hegarty just as like some kind of experiment. Yeah, I'm. See what happens. Uh, I'll be looking at the available players. There's quite a few juicy options. I'll, I'll chat to you very briefly about it once we wrap up here. Um, well, yeah. I guess that we're going to do that now. Um, Alex, thank you for for joining me. Just keeping keeping yeah. it to, to two man, and Thanks, I hope Adam. I hope you feel better. Just about things in general. Uh, this is this has helped to be honest. This has been a pretty good therapy session. Um, it actually uh, it, make, it makes a big difference being able to vent. Yeah. At the end of a rough rugby weekend. Um, so thank you for listening to my complaints um about the stormers specifically mm. but yeah um yeah thanks thanks for having me i hope you, I hope you have a, a good rest of the weekend yeah i have to do a bit of work uh later going out for lunch um still not quite sure where i, I don't okay. worry, i was in the same place as you uh, before the stormers game i was like there is hope first of all get me 50 points and, and then then <laughs> And then the other Ben just tore away and then and then flipping market and starting of, of out of nobody i played like michael <laughs> hooper Gets a try, yeah. knocking Oaks over. No, that, yeah. At least I'm happy to have lost. Uh, but I'll, I'll do that sort of stress. Yeah, thank you very much for listening. Uh, it's been my pleasure, uh, obviously. And uh, we will be back next week. Matt might be around. Ben, if he, his liver has recovered, he should be here too. Matt, Matt might not be alive next week. Uh, yeah, shit, all in quarantine. But uh, in, in jest, I'm sure we hope he travels back safely from South Korea. If you have been listening, thank you so much for doing so, enjoying uh, our, our rants. It is always appreciated, and we will catch you next week.